The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Anerho. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Dom. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Jack Barazzini. Hi, Jack. How's it going? Very well. Thank you. So, folks, uh, we are continuing to bring you the best of tech discussion that we can. Uh, We're very, uh, you know, we're all working from home these days and we're all trying to figure out how to, how to make it work uh, for, for those of us who are working from home i know there's a lot of people who, who can't but uh, but for those of us who are working from home we're still you know a lot of people are still trying to figure out the best way to do it and uh, our top segment today our first segment we're going to be discussing some of the particular uh foibles <laughs> of of the new working from home that's a good word for it. Uh, yes, the <laughs> I, I call it Zoom follies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but of course, Zoom is just one platform for having online meetings with your coworkers. Uh, for other, you know, other platforms, you use Skype, Google Meet, Google Hangouts, which I I still need to get myself clear on on the actual differences between Google Meet and Google Hangouts. Uh, I've I've tried to figure it out, and I'm not quite sure exactly why Google has switched things around, but be that as it may, uh, Google Meet, uh, Skype, WebEx, there's, there's all kinds of different, Slack even has a, a video meet, meeting thing. But the, the term, I think the generic term everybody's kind of landed on is Zoom. Zoom is a particular platform. Um, before we get into it, I, I'm going to uh, throw this at you guys out of the blue because I didn't prep you for this question, but um, does Zoom still have that that big security hole problem that it had a while ago that made me uh, rip it out of my computer. I believe they do. Yeah. I don't think they've patched that. Okay. So it's an issue where you, when you I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, it, it's that it, it, it puts it, it, the way it gets itself into your system. If you try to delete it, it reinstalls itself, I think was, was part of it. Yeah. And, and then there was another privacy aspect too. Do you remember what that was? They also could see what you were looking at in your browser. Like, they could see your screen, basically, while you were using it. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. it was It was, the, It was. was a non-secure data transmittal. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of great data flowing through Zoom's servers <laughs> the well, last my, week My favorite so. part of it right now is that I've hit a couple of times, because uh, we're using it for our, um, for our school, uh, and I didn't really have much of a say in it, and I'm, I've been using it, and I'm kind of, you know, it's on their system, so I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they. Uh, one of the things that I've seen is that every once in a while, a, a button won't translate to English, and so you get the Chinese characters for it. Oh, that appears on there. So that's always a, a little, uh, little bit of an interesting warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All oh, right. That's right. The, the Chinese Communist government is it's probably looking at my screen. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, whatever the case, a lot of people don't have a choice. Like you said, they don't. That's this is what their company uses, and this is what they have to use. Uh, and so there's there's been a few stories the last few day, uh, few days as, as everyone is getting used to trying to do basically what, what I do every day, which is 
uh, converse with my coworkers, my podcast co-hosts uh, over Skype. Uh, and I've had over the years learned a, a bunch of different lessons that I want to share. But I, I want to kind of share some of the, the stories first and some of the the. the Oh, poor Jennifer. <laughs> so the, we should just the one, start there, man. Let's just start there. <laughs> let's just start with poor Jennifer. This is like Zoom gone bad. So this this uh, small office, I think there was like about 10 or so people on this one Zoom meeting, um, and they were all at home, and one person was in a car and various folks, and one of the women in the office was one young, young woman who... Um, Forgot that her camera was on, I think. I'm not sure there's a clear explanation. But she got up in the middle of the meeting, went into the bathroom, pulled down her pants on camera, sat down on the throne. And once people, the people in her meeting started reacting, she suddenly realized that she was on camera and hastily uh, turned the, 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 the laptop away from her. Uh, yeah. Uh, and... And there's always that one, one guy. Those, I think it's one of those yeah. where you like you think you mute the camera, like you know you you yeah. go to click the mute camera button and you don't really check. You just go do what you're gonna do, and then yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the nice thing is Skype gives you that clear indication of of you in the corner. You know what I mean? Like you, this is you. I, if you can yeah, see right. you. <laughs> so you know, yeah, that's one of the things with Zoom. Um, there is a way for you to not be able to see your own uh, picture in picture. Uh, so you can, if there's enough people on the call, it will show you uh, four or five of them, but it won't show you everyone. And so if you've got the top four or five on there and you're not talking, it, it, you won't see your own camera. So you might go to right. mute the camera or just in assume you're not just on forget. There, yeah. yeah, just forget that you're yeah. that you're not part of the call. I just always act like if if my camera's not covered, I assume that it's on. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, we'll have some tips in a bit on uh, exactly how to uh, you know. Uh, best practices uh, but given that millions of people are on zoom for the first time on a regular basis this was inevitable and poor jennifer like it literally was trending hashtag poor jennifer uh poor jennifer was the the, the sacrificial lamb uh <laughs> so there was this other article that was in the boston globe the the 12 most annoying co-workers you face on zoom that's another one uh the uh the and and we'll kind of actually get into some of those as we go through, as we give our tips. And, uh, and the first one I wanted to mention was, um, uh, I think what you, what you guys were both saying, always assume the camera is live and that you have not sufficiently, uh, I use the term muted, uh, Thomas, but you, you know what I mean? But, uh, darkened it, covered it, right. uh, prevented people from seeing you electronically. Uh, th th that's the, that button that click, you know, that you click on screen. Sometimes those buttons don't always work. Yeah, they they can be placebos. I mean, that's <laughs> you don't you don't really know. And just because the light's not on, that's another thing that people assume that just because the light for the like there's an LED that's attached to your camera, and when it's recording, the light is supposed to be on. But there are plenty of ways to get around that. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. as a hacker, it's it's not hard to get the camera on without the light on. Where I work, we've had to set up computers for classified areas before, and you have to physically open up the laptop and disconnect the microphone and the camera because you cannot trust that it's turned off just through the software. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. Like uh, a lot of government facilities and other high security places, I've, I've, I've uh, 
known people who've worked in those, they talk about that in, you know, you, they're not allowed to bring certain kinds of phones in and all that sort of stuff. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, I went last summer to the Coast Guard station, Boston, Coast Guard headquarters for the first Coast Guard district with my Cub Scout troop. They, they got a tour. And even before you can go into the command center there, uh, that you have to, everyone has to take their phone out and put it in these boxes before going mm-hmm. in. Like it, you're, you're not allowed to bring your phone. I mean, it's not even that high security, but you know, high enough that the, that they didn't want you in there with them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting these days. The, the other thing is, is because you can't really trust the digital switch, you know, that the button on the screen uh, I've got on, and I've made it a pick before I've got it on all my laptops uh, and computers that have built in webcams. Uh, it's a little sliding shutter, and I'll 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 put a link again to to that again. You can get like a half a dozen on Amazon for a couple of bucks. It's it's not mm-hmm. or three D printed if you have a printer. I bet. There you go. That's what <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> start to learn. Start to learn. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, if there's nothing that's as good as a a physical shutter or or something to put over it, so uh, that's a good one. Um, related to that is. Always assume your microphone is live. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that is a that is a big one too. Even if you're not, you know, visible. Uh, how many times have you been in conference calls with folks? You know, not even just you know Zoom conference, but the old style conference calls, and somebody's like eating their lunch, or, mm-hmm. or yeah. says or says something uh, inappropriate or borderline inappropriate to someone else in the room, or they just forget that they're that right. We've all been in that conference call where someone yells out, "Could could everyone just mute their phones, please?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So, um, anything we need Had to happen today? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> it's every conference call you've ever been on. Um, is anything with uh, more to think about that particular one? The uh, assume your microphone is live. Any any like you can't put a physical shutter over your microphone, but. I would also say with with the with the meetings like this, make sure that you also know what is on your screen when you start to screen share. Oh, yeah. um, that's a good you one. You know, that's that, that's happening a lot right now, and I think a lot of people are not aware of what exactly is going to show up when they switch to a screen share. And so it can be, you know, I mean, on on the bottom end, it's just that you look kind of silly when you've got twenty different tabs open in your browser. And you're trying to click around and find them. But then on the other, yeah, you know, confidential information being available uh, right. through a meeting like this, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. There have been times where I think I remember seeing on like CNN once some uh, analyst, some pundit was sharing his screen to to the, you know, on the camera or it was. No, I'm sorry. The screen was behind him and he was looking at something not safe for work. Uh, behind mm-hmm. him, you know what I mean. Like, like mm-hmm. I think he eventually got fired. Like, you could, you could lose your job. You could, but, but even to the things that, like, if you work in HR and you get someone's salary information on screen or right. stuff like that, you get to be really yeah. wary. Mm-hmm. If you work in the government, there's a lot of classified stuff. You got to be aware. Right, and if you, if and I'm sure, I'm sure people who have work in classified jobs, they they know the these rules. But you like, you could be held responsible. <laughs> you would hope that's right. <laughs> um, one other one that I, I, I like to point out and that poor Jennifer should have uh, thought of is excuse yourself if you need to leave the room. Don't mm-hmm. try to be a part of the meeting while moving around. Not not even if you just not even going to the bathroom. Like just you're you're going to pick up the paper. I, I remember a few years ago when I was on a, I was doing a radio program 
in the middle of this radio interview, the guy gets up while still on the phone with us and goes to like sign for a UPS package. I'm like, dude, you're a guest on a radio program. Like, pay attention. Uh, you know, yeah. don't don't try to do other things while you're in the meeting. Uh, that's that's a big one. And then related this, I call this the Leslie Nielsen rule, uh, which was that uh, Leslie Nielsen, who was in those great uh, police academy uh, <laughs> movies. I, I'm interested to hear this one now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I saw this on. It was, it was uh, actually. Uh, it was a it was a meeting in a, a city, a small city in my, uh, Florida, where the mayor got up in the middle of the council meeting, left the room to go to the men's room. And while the other counselors were still speaking, he forgot to turn his microphone off. Mm -hmm. And you heard everything and everybody busted up laughing because it's exactly what happened in a police academy movie. So, you know, it yep. was it was not good. It was not good. So. uh if you're wearing a microphone, take it off. Don't even turn it off. Take it off. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I've 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 had you know uh, been at mass. I don't know if you guys have been at mass and the priest standing at the door talking to people and his voice is being projected all over the church because he forgot yep. to turn his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other uh, ones before I go in with what else I have? Uh, any other bits of advice? Yeah, I think in general people just need to like keep work etiquette if they're on a work call. I've noticed a lot of times people assume because you're at home, you're just going to sit around in your t-shirt and not really make any effort at all. And I think you should, mm -hmm. if you're going to be working, you need to act like you're at work, even if you're at home. That's a good point. Yeah. For for yourself more than for anyone else, really, because <laughs> right. it reminds you, hey, I'm working right now, not just <laughs> sitting in my uh, office right. doing whatever. Wear pants. <laughs> yes. Because yes. if you, it, like, there's, there's the old like oh I attend meetings in my pajamas I work from home like no don't do that like uh, right when I, I always you know I wear I always work from home I always dress like I always I I never sit at my desk working in pajamas or whatnot like mm -hmm. I'm always dressed and ready to work now I don't have any socks and shoes on but you know that's I'm a hobbit so that's that's my thing <laughs> I don't there you go. It's, a, it's the way to yeah. go <laughs> in the summer I go well I'll go a week at a time without wearing shoes that's just that's one of the benefits of working from home but you can't see that you know I but but you have to have a certain decorum you don't have to wear a three piece suit that's kind of a little but at least <laughs> at least be presentable on screen to your coworkers you know don't have bed head don't mm -hmm. don't wear a ball cap sideways you know be, be act like you're at work if you're on a work zoom that's i think that's the, a big one leave yourself a physical reminder too if you need to of like you know drape a polo over your seat so that you know when you go to sit down you've at least got that there in case you were doing something and you know you were gardening and you came back to your computer and you're like oh man i forgot to get ready yeah so you got something there that's a to good get idea. yourself ready yeah. yeah good idea um we kind of mentioned this, but I'll put uh, about the if you're screen sharing, but also be aware of your surroundings. What's in the background of your room? Um, you know, I, I've we've been doing live video uh, for a while, you know, with Let's Talk. We've been doing Let's Talk Live over the last week or so. And uh, I every day I have to pick up, make sure that <laughs> my office is not a disaster from the kids coming in when I'm done working. Uh but, you know, look at what's on the shelves. Look what's hanging on your walls. Uh, Skype, I know, has the blur background feature, which can be OK. It can be it, 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 sometimes it works better than other times. Uh, sometimes. 
I don't trying to say, but like sometimes it has a harder job of blurring the things correctly uh, and yeah. defining lines. It's 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 not a great feature, but um, look what's behind you. And then uh, if you can't be in a room with the door closed, let the other people in your home know that you're in a, a meeting. Don't let your you know husband walk behind you in his boxers while you're talking to your boss <laughs> or or something along those lines. It's just be aware of what's going on around you. Um, there's that that famous uh, what was that the BBC interview? Uh, what was it last year, or the year before? Uh, the guy who was oh, on the yeah. BBC and uh, he's in his office, and then the door suddenly swings open, and in comes the two toddlers, and he's trying to shush them away, and the and the mom kind of comes in trying to crouch, but everyone can see everything. Like she's right. in the shot, but she's kind of crouched and trying to drag them out. It was, and everyone's mortified, and the interviewer is laughing hysterically, just trying to yeah. trying to stay professional. Well, if you do end up on the back of someone's call like that, just act naturally and excuse yourself. Don't yeah. Like don't yeah. try don't don't try and hide suddenly like you're going to be able to disappear the from the camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just you're, you're going to make it worse if you do that. Just realize yeah. that you're there and turn around and leave. That's or it. do That's do what I do. Stand behind the sofa and pretend to like uh, do the pantomime of going down the elevator. You press the button and kind of lower yourself down, <laughs> and then walk exactly. up the stairs. Yeah, that that will go over great. <laughs> uh, the last bit of advice that I have is um, use headphones and a microphone. Don't rely on your laptop speakers and a and the built-in mic for your laptop or computer, uh, if if at all possible. You know, find like use your 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 phone's earpods. You know, your if you have an iPhone, you have earpods with a, that has a microphone and in headphones or at, at the very least, because it's there's nothing worse than that, especially when you're in a big room and it's echoing and booming everywhere and it's hard to hear and. It's a mess. It's a mess. So, yeah. Or that ambient sound of the fan in the background. <laughs> like I've had a couple of times online. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, I have audio editing equipment that I edit all the audio for our podcast afterward. And I, and it, sometimes I have to you know, pull a lot of this stuff out. You, you'd be surprised. I mean, we have pretty good setups here, but you'd mm. be surprised at what your microphones pick up in, you know, just in a straight up call. You know, it's it, it can be a lot more uh distracting for others so do you guys have any other advice for folks uh for remote conference calling with folks be on time oh mm -hmm. good one if the, if the meeting's at a particular time be in there on time you know yeah you know 10 seconds early 30 seconds early you know maybe a little early but don't be five minutes late <laughs> Nothing worse than the, someone's already started their presentation all, and then you hear the beep boop. You know, John is entered the room. You know, it's like yeah, oh yeah, John. <laughs> um, the, some of the conference calling stuff is it, it also does it uh, beep boop when you leave, and, and suddenly you hear like beep boop, and then it, and then you realize someone has left the meeting, and you left one. This is if you're doing a non-video meeting, and you're like, all right, who who snuck out? <laughs> was it that yeah. left? Yeah. <laughs> We've been having that all week. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to stop and the the host has to ask who's still in there. It oh, disrupts man. everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, those are some tips. If if folks have any uh, tips that they'd like to share with the rest of the audience, they feel free to send them in. The email them to technology at sqpn.com. We'd, we'd love to share them. Uh, any hard-won advice you have for folks. Uh, because sometimes it is hard one, and uh, I'll put the link to the uh, the twelve annoying, most annoying coworkers you face on Zoom 
And uh, also another uh, article, also in the Boston Globe, about uh, why Zoom cocktails with friends is the salve we all need now. You know, just these tools are not just for work. They can be a great way when we're social distancing to, to get together with folks and have some social FaceTime with, with people. And uh, that's important, I think. Dungeons and Dragons must continue. It oh, must. Nice. <laughs> that sounds like yes. fun. That, that does Our, sound like fun. I have a monthly meeting and we were like, we, we were going to meet this last Monday. And uh, if it hadn't been for a couple of people being, you know, feeling out of it just because of all the stress they're under, we would have been, we would have been meeting on a, on a conference call. That would have been great. That, that nice. sounds like, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, you could totally do. Oh, and there's, there's some, there's some really great apps out there right now. We, I, I haven't invested in any because we actually physically meet, but um, there are some really good uh, apps out there that allow you to put a map on, uh, in, on the screen. At, you're not even screen sharing. It's just the map yeah. is controlled by the app. And as a DM, you can uh, reveal locations and move tokens around. So, cool. Yeah. There was, uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but we're there. So there was a uh, rat hole. Uh, there was a uh, I'm sorry. Our, uh, this news piece. It was it was a it was a video news piece a while ago about this guy up in Canada who's had an a, an ongoing D and D campaign for over twenty years. I think it might have been even thirty years. The a, nice. a regular ongoing campaign where it's to the point where people are calling in from around the world. Like these people, they've dispersed. But it's the same people. They've added people and lost people over the years, but same core group of people for 30 years. And his basement now is a giant, it, it, um, sort of like the model railroad, except it's yes. a giant like model D&D world. And it's amazing. I want to be this guy. Terrain's awesome. Man. Terrain's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds it sounded awesome. Uh, yeah, it was another good use of a three D printer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I gotta have a three D printer. Well, you See, know, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that makes a good segue to our next segment because uh, we're going go. to talk about three D printers to the rescue. Uh, the one of the aspects of the current crisis is the shortage of a lot of necessary medical equipment, and among those things are things like. Uh, valves that need to be regu regularly replaced in the ventilators, which for when people are have one of the, it, the symptoms of coronavirus is that you need a ventilator with, under the, in a severe case and you need assistance in breathing. And, but they need these valves that get replaced and apparently they cost like up to $11,000. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Italy, mm -hmm. they, were, they were running out and the, the company that makes them couldn't produce them fast enough. Well, it turns out that these, these guys figured out that, it's just a a relatively straightforward plastic part uh, that they could build with their. They have industrial three D printers, and so mm -hmm. they they measured and examined. They couldn't get the blueprints or you know the 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 computer the three D computer aided design files from the manufacturer because it's patented. And there were some the the company can't just give it away or they lose the patent. So they had to kind of reconstruct it from scratch. But the the bottom line is they can reproduce these for a buck a piece, mm -hmm. and they've made the several hundred of them. I mean that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I think I, a lot of people ask then why does the original cost as much as it does? And uh, the thing you have to remember is that there's a manufacturing issue going on. That good enough is good enough right now. Yes, and uh, you know so a, a medically sound piece of equipment is going to cost a great deal more money, but. In this right. case, where we're saving lives, it doesn't need to be medically sound. It just needs to work. 
And that's that's what these guys have managed. Right. It's better. It's the better than nothing, better than people dying case. But but right. for it, in normal circumstances, you have to have the be, you know the best possible with the the you know completely minimize risk. The other thing probably mm. is is the cost of something is not just how much it costs to met to make it now. It includes the sunk cost of designing it and right. developing it and getting it through regulatory processes and things like that. So that those yeah. those are there too. But we're in a unique situation. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think as as part of the 3D printing community, you know, we're all cheering about it. But at the same time, we realize the limitation of, you know, why it is that you can't just do this on a regular basis. And and so there's been a lot of talk back and forth about why exactly it is that you can't just do this on a regular basis. And, mm. and so if, the more you dig into it, the more you realize that there's a lot of issues about sterility and materials that are that are, uh, you know, not going to cause degradation. And the, the normal uses, use case is not this case for right. the ventilators, you know, where, right. where you're just trying to keep somebody alive. You're trying to, you know, in some cases, you're, you've got a burn victim that has severe lung injuries and any sort of infection is going to kill them. And you put them on a ventilator to prevent that. And part of that is the sterility process. And, and then there are a bunch of other things that they're also being made in this process as well. Uh, there are, uh, like, Hewlett Packard is using its... They make, they build 3D printers, but they're using a bunch of their own 3D printers to to in-house to make um, medical face shields for mm-hmm. for uh, hospitals um, and um, hospital-grade face masks and uh, nasal swabs and things like that. Uh, HP, there's a company called Carbon that who normally make things like bicycle seats and teeth straighteners. They're they're making uh what was it uh face shield designs ford is using it's they have 3d printers 3 3m general electric so it's really amazing how industry it's it's almost like uh world war ii when we turned the yeah, production lines to, to make bombers and tanks to now we have 3d printers it's kind of fascinating i think it's going to be good for 3d printing in general it's probably going to help move that field forward in the long run yes yeah, I'm looking forward to what exactly is going to come from this because it's showing the capability of uh, 3D printing to really step up and solve problems. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's this sort of situation where, like, we're, like we were just saying, we're we're in a uh, in a scenario where the risk is worth it. We're, we're less risk averse to trying things, and so mm-hmm. that means we're more likely to to take a leap. And those leaps can drive innovation forward. Right. Uh, this is the definition of necessity as the mother of invention, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, as we saw that at World War II, the the leap in technology that occurred as, you know, they they perfected planes. I mean, planes in 1935 and planes in 1955, there was a huge leap in aviation technology because of the need to, to get better and better you know, aircraft. That sort of thing. So, uh, we're, we're uh, it's it's fa- It's a fascinating. Well, I'll, I'll link to these different articles. There's a bunch of these companies. Um, it says uh, residents at Mass General Hospital here in Boston are planning a virtual open moonshot competition. That says uh, hosted online to develop a rapidly deployable mechanical ventilator within 90 days. I mean, that's sort of rapid innovation is 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 fantastic it's it's really amazing 
And hopefully in the long run, this kind of thing can bring down those $11,000 costs. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the other thing is that because it's possible to make all of that same progress just to do it with a 3D printer. Right. And so uh, some some of what you're going to see from this is companies turning around and going, hey, we could we could do this. And the real advantage to 3D printing that I think a lot of people forget is the prototyping. You can prototype stuff so quickly with a 3D printer and it's always set up the, the right way. You don't need to have a bunch of specialized machinery to make. A, a particular shape of thing like with flash molding so you can get a 3d printer going and you know even if it's just trying to sample something really quickly and then iterate on it that's where the power of a 3d printer comes in yes yeah yep. um one of my favorite companies uh that i've used for for repairing my computers is ifixit ifixit.com uh i i buy rep, uh, parts to fix my my macbook uh, there before and i've uh uh, bought parts from them and that sort of stuff. So, but they, they're more than just um, fixing computers. They've set up a digital library of dozens of service manuals for ventilators, anesthesia machines that, uh, and the anesthesia machines can be used as backup ventilators. That mean that allows them to be repaired as quickly as possible. You don't have to wait for a service tech to come in from the right. company. People on site who have that ability can do it. Um, it's fascinating and and you can also you can also distribute it too that's the other thing that's really cool is like right now you're talking about the people printing face masks uh in spain there's a really strong 3d printing community and robotics community also uh which i found out like recently um but the the 3d printing community has started uh just massively printing these uh these face shields and and they've all just like the the file went out to everybody that was in the community and everybody is just running as many of these face shields as they possibly can and so it, all you need is just a file. That's all, that's it. And then you ship that to everyone and you have now a distributed system to print massive quantities of something. Right. Until we run out of uh, plastic resin. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> plastic resin shortages. <laughs> ah, but see, we make that from corn. So all oh. we have to do is just be growing more corn. And there we go. We're, it'll, <laughs> problem <be> solved. <laughs> it'll always be corn. That's, all. <laughs> that's great. It reminds me of a physical version of, do you guys remember folding at home? Yes, or we yes. talked about that last week on this that's, show. I, I, that's, I'm actually going to be mentioning that later today uh, uh, for my uh, recommendation today. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a it's one of these ways of everybody participating. I mean, it kind of goes back, again, I'll go back to World War II, you know, victory gardens where, you know, right. plant a garden, grow your own food. It reduces the, the, uh, the, the stress on the food supply system because we're trying to send food over to the soldiers overseas and uh, scrap drives and at the time, I mean, not the time. Actually, in 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 retrospect, some people wonder whether scrap drives and and those sorts of things were practically useful in the long run. Like, did they? One of the things they did was they got people in a mindset, you know, to right, get behind right. it. And everyone at home is working together to 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 bring things together. But this really, these things really have utility. They really have practical utility. I mean, people are at home, even if they're not three D printing masks, they're there, there are crafters who are sewing masks by the dozens and bring them right. to local hospitals. I mean, it's people are really banding together to to do this together. So kudos to all the uh, to all the hackers, all the uh, all the nerds who who are now justifying. See, honey, this is why I spent three hundred dollars on a three D printer. I'm saving lives. That's there you good. go. I'm going to say that to my <laughs> wife. I'm, I'm just practicing now. Exactly. <laughs> I got evidence. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
So, uh, uh, what another segment I want to move on to and talk a little bit about bandwidth throttling. Uh, we're all at home, we're all online, we're all working mostly, but uh, the kids are on, you know, Disney Plus, and you know, we're when we're done working, we're on, you know, Facebook or on, uh, uh, you know, we're playing video games or whatnot. One of the things that's happening is is the uh, the internet is bandwidth is getting. Uh, clogged. It's getting difficult to have good um, connections and that sort of thing with everyone online. And so the tech companies are started voluntarily and starting in Europe, voluntarily throttling in, in decreasing the amount of data that they're sending out. Uh, YouTube is now streaming in SD, not HD, by default. Uh, the article I link is uh, in the show notes is says Europe, but they've actually started doing it in the U.S. now too, as of as of today or yesterday, uh, where um, when you start start a uh, a video, it starts in standard definition. You can choose high definition, uh, but you have to manually choose that at this point. Right. Um, and Netflix is doing the same thing; they're reducing their bandwidth uh, by twenty five percent. You're not going to be getting your 4K streams. You might be getting high def. Darn. <laughs> Although the the difference between a 1K stream and a 4K stream yes. on on a home entertainment system is ridiculous. Don't don't yeah. stream 4K at home. It's it's just crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, the 4K. Yeah, 4K. Well, one of the things that Netflix does is they they don't just stream the 4K to you. They actually have a very complex algorithm that shapes like every packet for optimizing it on your screen you know it's it's a very technical and very complex process designed to like because i remember when netflix started streaming there were plenty of times when it would be buffering it would right. get pixelated i mean i haven't seen that in ages on netflix or amazon these they, they've got really good at delivering this these streams in high quality without overwhelming your your the bandwidth pipe so uh, I I don't feel too worried about. I'm not going to be able to watch my streaming videos and things like that. So yeah, I don't think it's really anything anybody needs to worry about, honestly. Yeah, although if they went down, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that if they went down, I would be amazed because of the amount of testing that they do around. You know, I mean, they they purposefully throw bugs into their system uh to make sure that everything is working. They've taken down entire the entire eastern seaboard worth of their servers uh just to make sure that all of their stuff is functioning and can evacuate and move to another server immediately. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, it, catastrophic. It's, they're testing. they're very robust. Yeah. Very 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 robust. That's good. I mean given that we're like I think I pointed this out once before. I I forget which show I I do so many of them. I forget which ones I've said things on. <laughs> but uh you know, if this occurred 30 years ago, this event where we're all locked down in our homes, uh, it would be a very different experience. You mm -hmm. wouldn't have social media. You wouldn't have streaming video. You'd have three channels of broadcast TV and maybe it's whatever UHF you can draw in, you know, uh, and that's it. You wouldn't have ebooks. You wouldn't you'd have whatever books were in your home and some board games. And that's it. And we'd be stuck at home and it would be a very different experience. So the internet is really a lifeline for people now. It's really a mental health lifeline in one circumstance. So it is important that we, we are able to keep these, these up and running as much as we can. You wouldn't be able to work from home. So exactly, exactly. 
so uh, um, kudos to the companies for making sure that their stuff keeps rolling. And uh, uh, one thing I would add is uh, I think I saw it was Verizon, I think, is lifting its data caps. Uh, uh, yeah, Met- Metro did it. Metro did it for me. Um, yeah. They don't have data caps for me this month. That's for, pretty well, did that here too. Yeah. I, I never hit my phone data cap anyway, but. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know. Well, but if, if, if your wireless goes down and you need to end up with, uh, you know, using your phone data. Yes, that's true. Yeah. If my, if my home, well, my home wireless goes, I'm not doing podcast over my phone <laughs> it's not gonna work <laughs> but, but i mean right. we're having we, yeah and i'll edit a lot of it out before the listener uh hears this but we're having skype problems tonight this where yes. obviously there is skype is having issues so we'll we'll see how that goes <laughs> with skype but uh yeah i mean we couldn't do what we do here without the this connectivity that we have so um right so we should probably move things along then to, uh, before we lose <laughs> our connection entirely <laughs> and uh, move into our, our last segment where we d- uh, do our picks of the week. And uh, so, uh, Thomas, I, get, I think I'll let you go first, just in case we lose you altogether. Uh, what All was right. your, What's your pick of the week? So we mentioned SETI and we mentioned the concept of distributed computing. And uh, I just want to set it up for anybody who doesn't know what the search for extraterrestrial intelligence at home is or was. Uh, for a long while, uh, uh, we've we've had signals coming in from outer space, right? Just radio noise that's out there. And there's so much of it that no one computer can sit down and really just troll through all of that information to try and find anomalies. So uh, what uh, NASA decided to do and the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which was kind of plowing through all of this radio data, uh, was they decided to chunk it up into packets and then send those packets out to a bunch of computers for anyone who was willing. And at first it started off as a screensaver and then they figured out how to make it run in the background of your computer. And now it's actually a whole system. So if you go to boink.berkeley.edu, which is B-O-I-N-C dot berkeley.edu, um, not only is it SETI anymore because SETI is actually closing down. They're, they're uh, finishing that run of research and uh, they're not going to be doing it anymore. But there is a COVID-19 research model going on right now where they're trying to model the RNA sequence of COVID-19 so that they can better figure out how to combat it and um, you know what's going to do it in. And that is a distributed computing model. So you can go to Boink, get all signed up with everything there, um, download the program to run, and it runs in the background on your computer for all those times that you're, uh, you know, you got it on a screensaver, or you're just not doing anything with it, or you're, you know, you're sitting watching your TV and your computer is just sitting in your room on and not doing anything anyway. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I mean, the our computers have even when we're working on them, there's so much downtime built right. in between your keystrokes. That it could be doing other stuff while you while you're doing it. So yeah, uh, that's a great idea. We 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 mentioned how uh, I think a couple weeks ago we mentioned how the SETI at home was ending, but now uh, this coronavirus ability for us to again another way for us to participate is fantastic. Uh, Jack, what's your pick this week? So my pick this week is not a product or a service. It's if your parish uh, does online giving, sign up for it. Because most parishes now, because no one's going to mass, we're not going to remember to bring our checks or our dollars. So go online and sign up for your online giving for your parish. I just did that recently. I think most churches do that. I don't know if every single one does, but it's pretty easy to find. So if you don't already do it, I think it's something to look at. I think every parish should now be... 
to back up uh, about 10 years ago, I worked for the Archdiocese of Boston, and one of my jobs was was talking to parishes about getting on electronic offertory and talking about the benefits of it. And one of the benefits is when people when the people aren't in the pew, they're still giving. So at the time it was, you know, if I'm on vacation for two weeks of the year, you know, two Sundays, say, uh, or where I live, if there's a snowstorm on the weekend or some other thing, right. you know, right. th- that's money that's not coming in. But if you have online giving, it's just automatic, goes every week, boom, it's in it's in there. And it every parish that does it signs up for it. It's like an automatic, I think they said 10% increase in giving mm-hmm. just by people giving on a constant basis. But now, I mean, if a parish doesn't do it now, they're they're crazy. I mean, they really should be doing it. Um, one of the and and if you if they're not signed up for one of the services, you could still set it up through your bank and your your the way you pay bill you know through your bank uh, online you should still be right. doing it. Support your parish. Your pastor still got to pay the bills even when you're not sitting in your pew. Right, especially right now. Yes, mm-hmm. very good. That's a great a great point, Jack. Thank you. That's a a good tip. Uh, mine is a related technology tip for parishes. Another technology area that I've been advocating parishes do for a long time, which is uh, live streaming. Uh, we've seen, I'm so gratified to see so many parishes out there, so many priests streaming their masses and uh, varying qualities. There was that one, uh, what was it, the Italian priest who was streaming on Facebook and turned on the filters. So he kept getting googly eyes and weird things as he's <laughs> celebrating mass. It was so, it's a little difficult to keep a straight face watching it. But uh, but there there is a piece of software that you can run on a Mac called Ecamm Live, and I use it for uh, SQPN. This is what we use to do our, like, Let's Talk Live stream uh, that we do every day. And it's it's fairly straightforward. Um, it's a, it, They have excellent tools to help you get started. It, it, you need a computer and at least a webcam or something to, to do it. But it's a really powerful, straightforward piece of software that lets you stream directly to Facebook Live or to YouTube, or half a dozen other services, uh, and it's fantastic. It's it, it's you got to pay for it. It's it's not it's not free, but it's fifteen dollars a month, or if you pay for it a year at a time, it's twelve dollars a month uh, for the standard product. But it, that comes with everything. I mean, you can even do green screens, picture in picture. You can have multiple Skype guests on. You know, up to five guests. Hmm. Um, it's got all this stuff, and then if you go for the pro level, which you know, I think maybe if you're if you're Bishop Robert Barron, maybe you do that. But uh, you know, you can do 4K streaming and all kinds of stuff. And you know, I do low, I do lower thirds, and you can also put like when people have comments in the chat room, say on Facebook or YouTube, you can put their comment on screen. And you know, not during mass, don't do it during mass. But if you were having like yeah. a, a like you like Father Corey Stika from SQPN has been doing, he's been doing a a, a daily. Uh, catechesis on the divine office. Well, he could participate with people and people take questions and that sort of thing. You could use the eCam for that. So, uh, eCam software, check it out. We may be doing this for a month, and and that would be it. So, pay you know fifteen bucks for one month, and you'll see how it goes. Right. You know, uh, that would be my suggestion. So, eCam Live, and um, it, I would highly recommend it. And uh, maybe we'll have some folks through Nick. Nick Connected SQPN would be willing to kind of put together a guide for parishes on using eCam to live stream your mass. So I'll have to see about that. I'm kind of I'm doing that off the top of my head. I don't want to commit my commit myself to any extra work that I can't do. But 
We'll see how that goes. Why? You're working from home now, right? You got I plenty of time. All this extra time because <laughs> I I'm not doing the same thing I do every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I think that about does it for 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 that. I think we get some great some great information in today's episode. Uh, and so as as we finish up, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, uh, including t- this week, Jedediah H. I love that name. Jedediah H., Arthur B., Edward C., Ken M., and Patricia T., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. Like I said, if you got tips for uh, good Zoom meetings, etiquette, and you know tips on how to work from home remotely, uh, we'd love to hear them fr- from you. Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And we'll put links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Tom. Thomas Sanerho, thank you as well. I'm glad I stuck around till the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you Skype let you. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>